It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and I am joined, as always, by my co-pilot, my co-host, and one of my very best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson. All right, here we are once again, another episode of Weapons Hot. CJ, my guy, thanks again. Um, as always, uh, no intro like a Weapons Hot intro. Anybody that's been here will tell you that's absolutely true. Um, got some stuff to discuss this week, even in a, in a, a slow news week. Um, kind of still, you know, nothing really changes with uh, how it is that I'm really feeling. Um, it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan. I'm really excited. We'll see how it works um, going forward. But, uh, you know, all of the indicators are pointing up. All of the lights are flashing and everybody's looking like they're ready to go. Uh, I don't know, CJ, man. Uh, like I said, I know it's been a kind of a slow news week outside of the signings. Um, what do you think? Where you at? Well, let's talk about the signings, actually, you know, because it's, it, it's kind of interesting because in years past, the New York Jets have always ended up having to wait until the uh, the 11th hour to get their draft picks signed. But it, it's very interesting that pretty much a majority of their draft picks have already signed. They've already got their contracts. And the Jets still, believe it or not, uh, have a decent amount of cap space in which they can still go out and acquire other players should the need, should the need arise. Sure. So my question to you is, and pretty much like like I had said, what the um, what pretty much the gist of tonight's show is all about is basically I want to turn the controls over to the fan, and I, I know that anytime we 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 kind of turn the controls over to the fan, things have things have a tendency to uh, to go sideways and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I think that in this case, because the fans have been very outspoken. A lot of people have talked about that, you know, they feel that there are certain things that the Jets didn't um, didn't address. So we're going to give everybody the opportunity to actually come out and say, okay, what, what is it that you guys want to see? What What is it that you guys would like to see the Jets address? What positions are, are basically the ones that you're looking at right now and saying, you know what, we need to get ourselves together in certain things. We need to get ourselves together in different positions because I feel like that certain positions, although we did address them in the draft, maybe have not been fully addressed and maybe they need to get addressed a, a different way. So I, I actually want to kick this off with you because I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the Jets offseason and what positions you, in your opinion, you think that they still need to address. Um, you know, this is kind of, I, I don't, I don't think I'm, you know, reinventing the wheel here when, when I say this, um, obviously safety. Um, we still have some questions at linebacker, notwithstanding what it is that we get from uh, Hamza Nazaruddin and uh, uh, Jamie and Sherwood. Um, I do think that the staff likes those guys. And uh, when we kind of discuss the linebacker depth, uh, not often do we really discuss them. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe we haven't seen enough to say that we can expect to get anything from those guys this season. But 
linebacker most definitely i still think we need some talent there safety we most definitely need another guy you know maybe even another wide receiver i still think that uh you know the depth at that position could probably stand uh, to bring in another guy if you know maybe some of the undrafted free agents that we've been discussing over this past week don't necessarily grab a, as much of a stronghold as, as they would like to i still think we can probably add some depth uh at the offensive line as much as i really like our, our starters at this point uh, we've only got a couple of guys behind them that have, I guess, what it takes to be able to to come in and play. And uh, we still have some questions about the level that they'll come in and play in if they're called into into service due to injury. So, say, yeah, safety linebacker, uh, offensive line, obviously, wide receiver, I think, still. The running back room is looking pretty, uh, pretty thick right now. I think the tight ends are looking really good. Um, obviously, with the influx of the talent at uh, cornerback, I think I'm – Pretty excited about what it is that we're going to get from them. With the rotation on the defensive line, uh, still looks pretty stacked regardless of who it is that you put them up against. Um, I, I think they're they're in pretty good shape. So the basic stuff, right? Linebacker, safety, um, O-line, and wide receiver. I'd be interested if somebody has anything different. I would maybe think uh, would throw a kicker out there, but uh, I, I kind of got a little comfortable with, with Panero last season. Um, and we did bring in uh, Zerline, so, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Uh, maybe a punter. Those are the basics for me. What do you think? I personally would like to see the linebackers get addressed because I just feel like that the Jets linebacking core last year pretty much went as C.J. Mosley went. And when C.J. Mosley was out for a game or two, then all of a sudden it just seemed like that everything went to hell in a handbag. And this is the reason why, you know, people like Guy Fisher was screaming and yelling for people like Jeff Albrecht to be fired. Yeah. So... When in the beginning of the season, sure, when the Jets were giving up leads and so on and so forth, um, it just seemed like we all started to get frustrated because we felt like that there, sh there should have been more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there wasn't, it just ends up being the average Jets fan would obviously be super aggravated with the way that the linebacking core was held, people being outplayed, people being outworked. You know how everything goes. We've talked about it so much in so many different circles, right? Yeah. And the one thing that that I really do not want the New York Jets to fall into again is the the uh, the false sense of security that okay, well everybody's going to be in, everyone's going to be talking about, you know, every, everyone's looking at um, different positions, right? I specifically want the linebackers addressed. I'd like to see a couple more in there. I know that we we kind of use a few different unique looks when it comes to the secondary. So, but the thing is, is that you still need that help over the middle. The Jets traditionally have always been soft over the middle. That's an area of need. I want people to be afraid when they play us of going across the middle because they shouldn't be gashing us on a seven-yard slant, eight-yard slant, for 50-plus yards and taking it to the house. Yeah. And that's what we've seen time in and time out. So, again, when I take a look at the linebacking core, I want to see not only guys that can cover, but guys that can pop somebody and put them on the ground and make them stay on the ground. Yeah. So I think that's exactly what it is that they were expecting to get from uh, the two guys that they drafted last season, thinking they were going to convert them uh, from safety to linebacker. They, they do have a type, right? We discussed this a little bit after they drafted those guys that they wanted the long, you know, kind of flexible type of guy in those positions. And I think what it is that we saw from them was that they weren't quite ready yet. But uh, another year in the system, we'll see how that works out for them. 
um, especially them being able to get the mental reps, not necessarily the, the physical reps because of the injuries that apparently both of them suffered, uh, Hamza and Sherwood. I think they had a, a similar injury. But yeah, look, the linebacker position for us, I don't know. It, it, I, I think it may end up looking like what it is that we did with tight end last season where, you know, we kind of went into the season with some guys that we thought could at least hold the fort for a little bit. And then they ended up not necessarily being as good as what it is that we really needed. Um, and I think next season, you know, especially if we see the development from the guys that have just recently been added, maybe they take that, you know, singular focus towards that position early in the draft. And, you know, they, you know, they added, a, you know, even more high end talent to a, a, a roster that is already kind of sprinkled now with first round talent. I think we're in a really good shape with that. I think we have to keep it in context. Uh, Joe Douglas has been working on this roster for a few years now and uh, where it is that he's at right now is is you know it's still an incomplete work um but so right. far so far he's been pulling some strings man it, the, the tune is sounding pretty good even if the song's not done yet right yeah i completely agree i mean because look in times past what was it that what was it that we always said that this team was this team was always devoid of talent right yeah, yeah. we used to piss bitch and moan that's exactly what we used to do we used to overestimate the talent that we had guys who would come out and they, they wouldn't play they wouldn't play as well. That would create a lot of dissension amongst the fans. Yeah. And speaking of fans, there's a gentleman that I want to bring on uh, who is joining us right now. Uh, he is a member of the IOW Sports Network and also one of the administrators for the proud New York Jets fan page on Facebook and also one of the hosts on the proud New York Jets fans podcast on YouTube.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Mr. Okay. Nicholas Sean Jr., my guy, Nicholas, right. welcome to the show. What's up, to see you, my friend. I know you've been backstage listening to us bit, uh, bitching and moaning over here. So I'm sure you probably have a few logs you want to throw on the fire. So what say you? <laughs> I got to know where uh, Kev got that jacket from. Is that called a 2X? I like that. That's yeah, actually, actually, this is a 2X. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like uh, it. I like yeah, it. That was good. I, I, I want to say uh, some... I think it's a fan, some fan side website. It was an email I got. I like um, that. Yeah, I, I had I to like get it. logo. That's the Curtis Martin Vinny logo. Look, and that's what I'm saying. I was looking for the, you know, the the, the black jets, like like the Method Man when everybody keeps searching for it, and, and it's nowhere to be found. But yeah, this is the, the next best thing. This thing is dope. I love it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it. I was like, damn, I'm like, that looks good. Yeah, that's what's up. Good to have you, Nick. Thanks again for jumping on with us. What's good? Yeah, yeah no problem. Shout out to the baddest stiff arm I've ever seen in my entire life, my son. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My son sending sending this kid into uh, uh into the into the abyss, right? Woof. Oh, yeah. sending him into a concussion <laughs> protocol with that stiff arm. Look at that. Right in the ear hole. Knock this kid out of the game with that stiff arm. Not mad at all. Not mad at all. So what's up, gentlemen? How you guys been? Man, we just get ready to chop it up about uh some of the signings and and uh you know kind of where it is that we are as far as the roster's been built. You know, the, the standard holes that we kind of feel like, uh, you know, are still there after, you know, what still is what I see as a glut of talent that Joe Douglas has brought in these past two seasons. Um, what, do you, what do you think with glaring holes and anything that's kind of just standing out more than anything else? Glaring holes? No. From where we were two years ago, when, when this overhaul started taking place, I think we we're light years ahead of where we were. Right. And, and to do it in two years and fill as many holes long term as we have. Now, what do we need? We need these guys to progress. We need these guys to evolve. We need them to go from rookies into savvy veterans. Sherwood and Nazaldine were the answer at, at speed, length, 
guys over the middle who could drop back into coverage, cover the tight ends and the running backs. And their their rookie season's blown out of the water, right? Yeah, that's what we were talking we talking about. The injuries derailed yeah. what 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 we thought we were going to get from them. This Imagine is what they come out in year two, and they absorbed everything up here, Damn. and now they go and put it out on the field. Those are huge, huge surprises that we we are not expecting as fans, right? The, the 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 constant conversation we've been having about really adding talent without actually bringing in players, right? Just yeah. like we're gonna, we're going to get Carl Lawson back, we're going to get those guys back. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get another couple of guys across the defensive line as well. Um, you know, Sheldon Rankins in particular, them guys missed a lot of time. I, I am don't the know. biggest Solomon Thomas guy. You will you not look. find a bigger Solomon Thomas guy than Nick Shine. I'm telling yeah. you right now. We're more stacked there than most teams, right? Two full rotations of guys that really, you know, are, are known to be able to apply pressure. And then the young guys too. Look, the defense to me is, I, I think that's the biggest wild card. Just be, not notwithstanding what everybody's going to want to say about how good Zach is going to be, right? You know, Zach, Zach may actually end up, you know, proving to just be good enough because we got a top 10, top 15 defense. Right? Just All, What's our comparison, right? We're building the 49ers. We're, we're building the line. We're building the run game. We're building the pass rush. We're building um, a savvy, smart secondary. Why can't Zach be better than Jimmy Garoppolo has been? Period. Wow, and man. lost the Super Bowl because Jimmy couldn't hit a guy wide open. We know Zach can make that throw. Right? Oh, so man. We build the line. We, we got a good run game now with Hall yeah. and uh, and Carter with a nice one-two punch. Uh, we got a really savvy veteran and, and uh, Tevin Coleman or Ty, whoever whoever yeah. we keep yeah. as the yeah. third. Whoever you know, battles it out. Guys we can write off yeah. uh, unless somebody really, really has a tremendous camp like Knight. Yeah, or, or P Ryan get, gets a chance to go. I, I know uh, CJ's been big on him. CJ would um, love to see P Ryan jump yeah. off. I, I I I do like Bam though. That um, that uh, Zev, uh, Zonovan, excuse me, Bam, right? Bam Knight, that kid. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a he's one to keep your eye on, no question. He's more. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that when you get the ball in his hands, he can create. He can create. He can yeah. destroy. Like yeah. that's what you want from a running back, right? right? You you want him to. Uh, this is the reason I love Michael Carter so much. How many times did you watch Michael Carter get the ball last year and there was no blocking, couldn't get to the edge, they were going to blow him up, looked like a two-yard loss, spins off of it, makes a cut, lunges forward, went from negative two to plus three, a five-yard difference. And all I remember saying time and time again to my kids watching the game, imagine how good he's going to be when we have a line to block for him. Right, right. You You saw it in spurts. You saw the long run in the Tampa game where they sealed it for him. And then I think he got hurt or like concussed yeah. on, on the play, yeah. whatever happened to him. It was a good concussion. Paul's going to be offensive rookie of the year. You were saying and a minute ago about, about the, the contact balance, right? The yeah. contact balance that this guy has. Brees Hall has, I, I, I'm, I might say, maybe more advanced skills when it comes to that than, than Michael Carter does. I think Michael Carter, Different of course, skills, I, yeah, right? Yeah, Different I mean, skills. because Carter's he's a bigger more back. Shifty, kind of Paul's back, more yeah. go right yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go through the tackle, full speed ahead. But Carter's more of a shifty back, so they complement each other nicely, yeah. right? I I, th- I think Brees. I think if you watch the film on Brees, I think you'll kind of recognize some of that hesitation, um, like Le'Veon Bell used to have. Like he kind of looks at it first, and then I'm not saying the kid can't run between the tackles. I've noticed that. I've seen that in some okay. of the stuff that I've watched on him. So keep an eye on that. But that's, but, that's uh, good too for this system when you're doing it. I'm telling you right you now, you want a guy who's patient mm-hmm. and then allows the blockers to get there. Yeah. And then just like Mostert, right? Mostert became a stud. Why? Because, because once that hole opened, 
Hundred goes through it full speed ahead. And that's what Brees. Tackles. That's what Brees is going to need to work on. I think absolutely. Michael Carter goes back to kind of the role he was playing when he was at North Carolina, right behind the uh, um, the kid from from Denver. So, um, I, I think this is a perfect running back situation right now for us. If they can both stay healthy, um, and I think the, the the positive additions to the offensive line make it really simple. Yeah, Javante Williams. Excuse me. Thank you for that, CD. Uh, I think we're in good shape, man. I I really have. A, a strong feeling that our running game is going to be it, man. I think that's going to be really our bread and butter. Um, and, you know, Zach, we'll, we'll be able to recognize some improvement in Zach, but we'll be able to recognize improvement in Zach behind 180, 190, 200 yards rushing every week, right? So um, I'm good with that. That's what this is going to be. Like fans who are expecting 400-yard games from Zach or or 4,000 or 5,000 yards yeah, passing, I think you are way, way off. I think um, they're mistaking what this offense is. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, this team offense. is going to line up. We're going to hand it off 30, 35 times a game. If we have to throw, and I mean, if Zach's throwing it more than 28 times a game, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's a lot. And not because of Zach. It's because of the game plan. You know, we're going to line up. We're going to hand it off. Like, I want 36 minutes a game with the ball. This is I, I want 60% or higher on third down conversions. Those are the exactly, two stats exactly, that I look at exactly. and say that's going to make the difference between a four-win team and a 10-win team. If we're going that heavy and and passing it and Zach's having multiple 300-yard games in a row, I think we're in trouble. Be, and that's because it, we're, def, we're getting away from the game plan. We're getting away from what we want to do. Times that you saw Jimmy G throw a lot, they're down. And then you can't control the clock. So right. complimentary football, extending drives, getting off the field on third down, not having 12 plays in the first half where we're going to have 12 play drives now. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a real reality check for fans. It's going to be a new day for us. Look, this is the expectation, right? We, we've seen the offense be prolific with guys that weren't really the best at being able to operate it, right? Um, we're going we're gonna to score a lot of points, I think. But I do believe that a lot of it is going to come because, you know, we're able to, uh, you know, we're able to, to, to sustain those drives. We're able to, you know, bring them eight, nine, ten plays and then, you know, have a have a pretty decent, you know, array of options when we get in the red zone, especially when you're talking about what it is that these tight these tight ends can bring in this case, too. So, man, I don't know. This is going to be really fun to watch. And I know, you know, we. we as Jets fans, we want to be careful with the expectations, right? What we're going to see LaFleur do with, with some of these weapons that we have, man, it's going to be a steady diet of, oh, yeah, we're going to be a run, but it's going to be different runs. It's going to be a lot of different stuff that we're going to be able to throw at him. And then that play action, it's the reason why Zach Wilson was drafted here. So I'm excited, man. What I do want to do is I want to go through some of these comments. As tonight is a fan-oriented episode, as you guys see right on down here, what position do you, the fan, want to see the Jets dress? Post your comments in the chat box, all right? So I'm going to start reading some of these. Scott Kalisby, our resident pain in the ass, although we love him very much. Uh, very consistent, though. You, can, you yeah. can't get yep. mad at him. He's very yep. consistent with his it, takes. It, it is true. Um, offensive tackle and center. Um, he also feels like that Thomas Hennessy, our long snapper, should be uh, in the Hall of Fame. And he, <laughs> he feels that uh, – you know, I replied to him. I was like, long snapper. Yep. I go, Hennessy's yeah, a ring I, of honor candidate. I am not yep. even mad at that. Not even mad at that at all. No. So, uh, shout out to Matthias Simon uh, saying hello to everybody. Garen Brower Jr., our good buddy JR. He's just got to connect on the short passes in regards to the comments about Zach Wilson. 
uh, Thomas Gutman in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Hope Solomon Thomas makes the team and stays healthy. He's a key component to our success, and I need his jersey. Matthias Simon again in the chat. We are looking very good on paper. Now let's see it translate. This was the argument that I had last week, gentlemen, didn't I? That the Jets on paper, right? <laughs> the Jets on paper, all right, look to be a much improved football team. But you and I both know, and we've watched this several years as a New York Jets fan, what necessarily looks good on paper doesn't exactly translate over to the field. So, um, I think you can argue that we're finally building it the right way. We're, we are. We're building a team that can dominate in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And when you, we are. When you can win in the trenches, it's not on paper anymore. It's on the field. Right. But here's we're the not thing. taking two safeties a, with our first and second pick. You right. Know? But here's the, here's the thing, Nick. We've, we as Jet fans, we have heard this song and dance before. We've heard GMs get on and say, we're going to build this, we're going to build that, we're going to build the other thing, and they didn't build Ugats here. Yeah. All right. They built nothing but, you know, more more agita, fan headache, uh, people wanting to burn their jerseys in the in the parking lot at MetLife Stadium. And then before you know it, there are people canceling their PSL and season and season ticket packages because they don't have confidence in the New York Jets organization to field a competitive product, which is actually worth the extraordinary prices that they're being charged for the tickets. Yeah. And you I, I can't say that I blame them. Can't I don't blame them on any on on, on any level. So, but that being said, we also have never had a general manager like Joe Douglas, where, like, you just got finished saying, all right, Joe Douglas is coming in. He flat out told everybody, this is a six-year plan. This is what we need to do in order for us to be competitive. This is what we need to do in order for, in order for the Jets to be relevant again within the National Football League, right? And he is sticking to his blueprint piece by piece by piece. And he doesn't give a damn what anybody has to say, how anybody feels, what the media feels, or what anybody else in any in any other NFL circle feels. He wants to build a consistent winner the same way that Ozzie Newsom built the Baltimore Ravens into a team that year in and year out, it does not matter who is on that squad, it does not matter who is coaching the squad, that team is always a perennial playoff team and they are always a threat to go deep within the playoffs. All right. The New York Jets haven't sniffed the playoffs in over a decade. For us, we're sitting here just crying about just give me one season. I don't just want one season because what are we going to do? We're going to shoot our loads for a 10 and 7 season, and then we end up we end up clinching the wild card, and then we get our faces punched in 47 and nothing the first week of the wild card. What do we do? We got ourselves excited just to get our asses kicked on national television. No, I want to build a team that is going to be a legitimate threat going into the playoffs. The teams are going to be afraid to play. And that's what you got, right? When, when you're building it in the trenches to dominate, look at the 49ers. They go into Dallas. They control the ball. They control the clock. Uh, they go into Green Bay. They keep Green Bay out. When you can win the game in the trenches on both sides of the ball, you have a chance. No Whether you're going against Joe Montana's 49ers or you're going against Kurt Warner in the greatest show on turf, no matter if you can win in the trenches on both sides of the ball, you control the clock. Look at the Giants. The Giants won two Super Bowls by being able to send four after Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when they won their Super Bowl, I mean, they got lucky, and I say it's it's an asterisk Super Bowl. 
because the Kansas City Chiefs line was beat up and they were missing four starters and the Green Bay Packers were missing multiple starters. But it allowed their defensive line to send four and they were able to win against backups. But when you can get to the quarterback with four, which we're going to be able to do, and you can control the clock and you can dominate and you can hit play action and you have receivers like Moore and Wilson and Davis who can get open, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to win some ugly games. Fans are saying we're going to score 30 points or more. We're going to be like the Niners. We're going to win games 17-13, We're going to win some ugly games, but field position, driving the ball downfield, punting the team deep, it's not going to be three and out, three and out, three and out like we've seen know. in the last couple no. of years. It's not going to be down 24 nothing. Another reason to be as, you know, maybe conscious of what we're doing at kicker, right? Um, because the field goals really come, come into play when, you know, we kind of get deep into their territory. Maybe we might have, uh, you know, some youthful things where there's a drive might get stalled a little bit. And uh, if a guy can pull us out with a 40, 45-yard field goal, you know, we'll, we'll take it. I, I kind of got a feeling we're going to see quite a few of those also this season. I, I kind of wanted to just translate that into really – They've been talking about Zach Wilson is going to need to be a top 10, top 15 quarterback, right? Nope. I disagree. I, you know, I, you know, obviously I do. I think I mean, we've been, we've been saying this uh, previously when we're talking about having to run the ball the way that I think that LaFleur is going to want to run the ball. Zach Wilson is not really going to have an opportunity to be a top uh, 10 or 15 quarterback unless, unless you're just talking about he's so good in the limited opportunities that he gets. You know what I'm saying? You've got to be efficient. And and that's really all. Um, we we, we talked about him between sixty three and sixty six percent completion percentage, seven and a half yards per attempt. Um, you know, I I really kind of think that uh, we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, two touchdowns, one interception in twenty fifteen when he broke the record. Yeah, right. Two touchdowns, one interception in a in a shorter season. I think Zach has the ability to do that. I, I really don't. I really don't see where that is so far fetched that we actually can't expect to see something similar to that. Now, maybe not this season coming up, but I do think that that's the type of quarterback that he's going to be this season. I do think they're going to heavily rely on the run. And if he's going to take shots, he's going to take shots to his tight end in the, in the red zone. He's going to take, you know, maybe those strike, uh, you know, uh, play action passes to Garrett Wilson. You know, maybe we get chunk plays. I don't expect that we're going to see Zach Wilson throwing 35 times for 360 yards and, you know, and, and four touchdowns. I think that the yards after the catch with Wilson That's is more near the lead league in Yak. This all sounds great, but the problem that the New York Jets have had has been to establish an offensive identity. Are you a run first team or are you a pass first team? And the thing mm. is with play action, okay, West Coast offense is predicated on the run which means you have to make teams sell out for the run so that way you open up the passing game. Because then, once you sell out for the run and you open up the passing game, it creates a whole lot of different avenues for you to be able to exploit the defense on every single level of the field. That's what Michael Floor is trying to install here. Now, the problem is, is that last year, we had some of the horses that we needed in order to be able to pull this off. Some games it worked, some games it didn't, okay? Zach Wilson, who is still a huge question mark going into this season, what is this kid? Why did, why did we draft him number two overall? What is it that he brings to the table? There are still a lot of questions that need to be asked about this kid. And now I can definitely tell you that Joe Douglas is basically saying 
we are giving you every tool in the arsenal possible so that way you can be successful here. And if the kid can't take advantage of it, then guess what? Then it falls on the kid's shoulders. That also falls on the shoulders of, of Joe Douglas as well because you picked a kid that's incapable of running the machine. Am I right or am I wrong? I think that we are becoming a well-rounded offense where there might be some games where the pass leads to the run and the run leads to the pass. I think we're going to be multifaceted. I think we have the talent. And and let's not forget last year, those first couple of games, Michael LaFleur was not supposed to be the passing game coordinator. That was that was Knapp, right? And unfortunately, Knapp right. you know, had the tragic death. But LaFleur was just supposed to be the run game coordinator. Knapp was the one who was with Zach every step of the way. So there was a little bit of a – we were in flux for a little bit when Knapp passed away, not knowing. And then we bring in Beck, his quarterback coach. And then he gets injured. He had some time to sit back and watch. And we saw Zach progress as the season went on. But his main guy was not there with him, you know. And listen, I'm not even going to complain about it as a football fan. What his family went through is much more catastrophic than what we're dealing with as fans, you know, with losing someone like that. But I think you saw LaFleur's testicular fortitude grow throughout the season. That's an old – Mankind reference for anyone who watches yeah. wrestling. Yeah, man. Uh, I, 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 remember. I remember. Yeah, I, remember. I didn't want to say anything um, dropped because of the show that we're on. I, but when right, it dropped, right. he got better. He grew. He evolved. When Zach Wilson got hurt and he had to go with White and Flacco and Johnson, there was no fear in Michael Flores' play calling because you don't care if any of those guys fail. You were supposed to protect the rookie, evolve him, put him slowly into the NFL quarterback role. When those other guys played, let's just chuck it all over the place. And it, it allowed him to evolve as a play caller, right? Like we saw the play calling yeah. change. We saw, and then when, unfortunately, when Wilson came back, everybody was hurt. Crowder was out. Moore was out. Davis was out. Yeah. Barrios was got hurt. But you saw the maturation of Wilson in his reads and not making bad throws and not committing turnovers. So mentally he was there, but physically we didn't have the talent for him to, to gun it like he wanted to. All right. So real quick, I want to get some of these no, comments on the air. I, I, I think that is a, a kind of a perfect description. All right. So I want to get some of these comments on the air and then Kevin, I want you to finish your point. Um, Cause Guy Fisher is completely blowing up the chat here. Yeah. So, Guy Fisher starts off with Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Mike Clemens, Martin uh, Martin from the Texans, Simon Thomas, Quincy Williams. We're going to have pass rushers on the field every snap. Matthias Simon in the chat. The ownership just has to stay the course. Parcells got us respectable, and when he left, he turned it back into a joke a few years later. Absolutely. Um, Ray Mallard in the chat. What's going on? Frankie Goglia watching. He still hasn't commented commented yet, but he is watching. I do want to say him. The type of football we want to play is – you have to have a really good running Respect, game. Frankie. Guy Fisher again. Bryce Hall is going to make a big jump this season. Also, Eccles with Reed back there teaching them. Sauce is going to end up being our first string defensive back, but Bryce Hall is going to be running a strong second string. Um, Matthias seems to think this is going to be a very balanced offense. Guy Fisher again screaming over here, what don't you expect with all the weapons he has to throw to? Seriously. Darren Brower in. No offense. I'm tired of grinding pound, but whatever gets us the dub, I'm good. What don't you believe Zach will be a 300-yard quarterback with all the players he has to throw to? Uh, agree, CJ. Zach has to step it up, no doubt. This is Matthias Simon. 
Guy Fisher, talking to Kevin here, fixed this Zach Wilson is a gunslinger. His hero is Aaron Rodgers. Plus, he spent his offseason learning. Now he invited to he invited right. to the training camp. So first off, I saw that. I saw that. We know he has the ability to do that. I don't think they want him to do that right off. I don't think that his uh, when Nick said the word maturation, I don't think that this is where it is that he's at in his process just yet. Now he may evolve into that. That might be something that we see going forward. But this season, we're gonna run the ball well too. All right, CJ, come on. Well, right, we're gonna so run the ball well. Basically, to answer yeah. the guy's point, and this is pretty much what I was railing on a couple of weeks ago when we started talking, when when we were asking the question about Zach Wilson, can he be the guy? You know, is the pressure on him, dude? This all goes back to that show, okay, dude? I know you wear green and white. You rep your crew. You're gonna go and you're gonna talk with every person who comes out there about the Jets and everything. I respect the hell out of you for it. I do. Who? Guy Fisher. Oh, okay. okay. I, I respect you 110 percent, my brother. And I'm right there with you to a point. And the point that I'm at is I'm tired of being dicked around by this franchise and being sold a bill of goods that ends out turning to be a boxed a boxed up pile of dog. I'm tired of it. The New York Jets have burned every single piece of currency from me and then some. Like it's three times the national debt. That's how pissed off I am at this franchise. So for me, what I want to see is enough talk. I don't want to see commercials about take flight. I don't want to see commercials about this is our year. I don't want to see commercials about one Jets drive. And we're going to talk about this guy. And he's got a pink jock strap because he's wearing it for breast cancer awareness. And this one's got a purple jock strap because he's talking about prostate cancer awareness and whatever. And my claws, my cleats. And salute to service and all of that. No disrespect to the U.S. military. I love you guys. Okay. But I'm sick and tired of the New York Jets because it's all geared for one thing and one thing only. To sell merchandise. And you know what? I'm not buying another thing from the New York Jets merchandise-wise. Okay. Until you show me that you're capable of putting a competitive product on the field. Go 10-7 and seven this year. Go 11-6. and six. Go 9-8. Be above 500. Show me that you actually care about the product that's on the field. Show me that this team can compete. Show me that these players that wear that uniform are going to play their absolute asses off for the fans who spend and bleed their hard-earned money in the shit economy that we have right now to go and watch this team play as they sacrifice their Sundays. Because fandom gets you, if fandom gets you one place... And then fandom gets you pissed off. So I'm tired of being pissed off as a Jets fan. Don't tell me what you guys are going to do. Go do it, and then we'll have a conversation. Really, what else can you can't argue that, right? I mean, until we win games, the, the narrative doesn't have the ability to change. I, I think, yeah, I'm just going to say this again. CJ, you're always the voice of reason here. I mean, there's always saying, you know, something you're, you're pulling our coattails to. I don't care. I think we're in good shape. I kind of think that we're going to be good. And, and, and to be honest with you, I might end up buying two jerseys this season, kind of depending upon who, who really pops off. And I want a sauce jersey anyways. This is the part of the transition where we as fans transition also. A lot of what it is that we've been doing, we've, been, we've had coming from a place of hunger. We've been mad. We've been frustrated. We're getting to a point where what it is that we can expect from these young guys is hunger. We expect them to come out ready to play. 
the coaching staff. We expect them to grow. The maturation of, of Mike LaFleur going into the booth when he didn't have to hold Zach Wilson's hand on the sidelines. That's what we're expecting to see. We're expecting to see that jump. And I mean, look, no, I, and I'm not ready to say that now we're a playoff team or we're this, you know, Super Bowl bound team. I think we're going to be damn good. And I think that if any team comes anywhere near us and thinks that it's just going to be an easy game, oh, yeah, that's we're, we're going to end up padding the stats. Um, and that's the attitude I'm taking into it this season, because real talk, I'm really not trying to hear none of the none of the negativity right now. I really just feel like going into this, that the team environment is a positive environment let's just say we were to lose the first game i don't think that that crushes us like it like it has in past seasons i think this season this team the coaching staff i think they're going to be resilient we, we we might end up like around being above 500 this season and if we end up sneaking in that in that graphic at being in the wild card hunt or, or you know depending upon how it is that we finish within the within the division i think we're in good shape if i could i want to go back to what cj was saying CJ, when you're when you're talking about um, the breast cancer awareness and selling the military <laughs> uniforms and all those other things, every team does that, right? I, we're I, just I, I we just are pissed off because we're not winning games, and that's what we can look back on the season, right? But so every is, team is, is trying to this make is, the money, but it's much easier. This is the thing that I'm trying to get across, Nick. Okay, I don't want what I said taken out of context. Because breast cancer awareness is very important to me. Salute to yeah. service is very important to me. My cause, my cleats, very important to me. But here's the thing. It, it's also important to other fans when, when, when your team is 6-6 six and six and you're fighting for a wild card spot, except for the New York Jets when you're 0-14 and you're getting email after email after email. Yeah. Oh, go buy this. Oh, go buy that. Oh, go buy the other thing. Look what we've got at JetShop.com. And you want to take that email, print it out, and physically shove it up somebody's ass. Because you are so pissed off that this team is more worried about selling jerseys and product than putting a competitive product on the field. Now, I know. I don't, I don't think they're more concerned with it. And in all due respect to you and, and your, your um, angst, I, I get it. I, I totally do. But it's also a business. And the teams right, that aren't it. successful still got to make the funds just like the teams who are successful do. I'm only giving you my my opinion. I know I totally get it. I'm not telling anybody out there, don't buy this, don't buy that, don't buy the other thing. You got people all day long on Facebook. I can't oh. wait to get my sauce gardener oh, yeah, New jersey. Yeah. I can't wait to get my Garrett Wilson jersey. I can't get wait to get my Jermaine Johnson jersey. Who's getting a Braxton Berrios jersey? Listen, have at it. I applaud you for it. I do. Yeah. I want results. And you know what? what I'm at the point in my life I that I've, ro I've rooted I for this team long enough that I could sit up here and have the right to say that. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I'm just going to add this yeah. in. When you're not winning, it's easy to get frustrated at that, right? right? You want more. Yeah. You want the results. And as fans, we want wins more than anything. Like, right. for example, me, those old Titans jerseys with the blue and the gold, I think are the most hideous thing I've ever seen. In a stadium oh, full I of love green. The jerseys. I, I don't, though, because I, listen, I went to Colonia. You've seen the post I've been sharing. We got some, some issues going on with the high school that I went to. Our colors were blue and gold, but the Jets are green and white. When I go to the stadium, I don't want to see blue and gold. I get it from a different angle that you're at. Obviously, I want the wins. I don't care about the the sales. I don't care about the gimmicks. Oh, I care about good the, football. 
Yeah, I want to win games just as much as anybody. You know that. I'm not as frustrated at it because I look at it from the business side of it, where the business is, let's sell these things and and make the money. You know, like I I don't buy jerseys. For anyone who doesn't know me, I do not buy jerseys. Ever since we traded away Jonathan Vilma, I will not buy a jersey. All of my paraphernalia is team-based yeah so hurts. i get it that hurt i get the frustration i'm not throwing money out there i'm not this this support the troops hat that i wear was was bought for me and my birthday when my son played on the field against the denver broncos a few years ago when we ran for like 300 something yards on them one of the parents from the team bought me the hat to say happy birthday coach but i don't mm-hmm. really buy the the paraphernalia i don't buy the stuff i don't put my money into it I get them for Father's Day gifts, birthdays, Christmas, the regular present gifts. But yeah, it's, I think when you're building it the right way, we might not win 10, 11 games this year. I think we're going to sit in we'll a 7, 8, football. 9 range. I think we're going to sit in a 7, 8, 9 range. I think we are going to compete a lot more. I think we're going to be prouder of the team. And I'm not plugging my page with this comment, but I think you're going to be proud of the team on the field. We saw last year. Games that we got steamrolled, guys didn't quit. Guys weren't kicking the punting net. Guys weren't slamming helmets. Guys weren't having to be grabbed by other players to be controlled. And one of the mantras that I have since Joe Douglas, and what's been his tell, he's going to draft captains, right? He's going to draft guys who are leaders. And when you have a team of guys that are leaders, nobody has to be led. And I think that's what you're going to see the difference in. You're going to see guys rising the water level and bringing everybody up instead of guys who have great talent but mentally can't fluctuate with the adversity of the NFL. They can't function with the adversity of the NFL. So I I think we're getting there. That was a a very eloquent way to say, fuck that, just remain positive because we actually have what – it is that we need to have to play good football and no we might not be a super bowl champion just quite yet but the expectation is we're going to play better football yeah i i got a question for scott i I love uh, reading the commentary do do you do you bet the over 5.5 do you do you bet the over at 5.5 do you if you're not trying to yeah we'll see that's what i'm saying and i I know we're talking about scott being a gambler say whatever does he want to say do do, do you bet the over because if you if you bet the over there's some there's some positivity in that I get that, but this is this is this is just going back to you know I I get everybody feeling anxiety. We haven't been a good football team. We haven't. I don't think we're looking at the evolution of a bad team. I think we're seeing the evolution of a good team. And I'm no, just going to keep are. it real. I've been a I've been a Jets fan. I've been a Jets fan mad years, crazy years. Look, I'm going to keep going back to have forty some odd whatever years that I've been a Jets that fan. Is the word, right? And I mean, we we've had a lot to. Lot of years. We, yeah, but look. We've we've had we've had a lot of opportunities to be happy about stuff. We've had even more just recently more more opportunity to be pissed off about stuff. But I know what it's like when our team is good. I remember what it's like when our team is good. It feels like we're getting ready to be good again for some time. And that's what I'm holding on to. Yeah. Kumbaya, whatever. Expect that we're going to be a better football team. (laughs) Scott Kalisby before each game, every. Every one of our players need a big hug from the fans. If we can't physically do it, we should cheer with everything we have. We should never show our disappointment in our beloved team. They need all the positive vibes we can give them. Wow. 
Wait you want to talk about somebody chugging the freaking Kool-Aid? Holy cow. Who hacked Scott? I've only known Cynical Scott for a couple months, but even I know Scott must have passed out and somebody mm. grabbed his phone and is typing under his pseudonym. Mom, <laughs> I found your sarcasm font. Your sarcasm font's over here, Mom. I'm going to tell you right now. That's what Scott's using. Scott's using the sarcasm font. He doesn't, he doesn't, Speedy he doesn't Pity wants to know, will Scott bet the over is the real question? So <laughs> that's, what, I, that's what I said. If, if, he bets the, if he bets the over, all the... All the other nonsense is it, it's me. What about you taking the over? I, yeah, I'm definitely taking the over books. because because you know what? This team has no choice going into this season. We can't have another season in which we go four and thirteen or three and fourteen because if you do, there is going to be no shortage of ammunition anywhere ever in the national media when it comes to the New York Jets. We sit here and we piss, bitch, and moan about how much we get crucified now. Just imagine if this team can't get above four wins. Just imagine. Dude, I could envision the echoes, and I remember this like it was yesterday, when fans were what, screaming what about What would Joe it take Walton. to cause that? What would it take to create a situation where we don't win more than four games? It's going to have to be multiple injuries. We we again we have to we have to have what I recognized even at the end of last season was that Zach was still improving even with the decrease in the talent around him. So look, if it happens, my expectation is there is something that's going to be able you were going to be able to point to and say this is it. If 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 there is some sort of injury issue, I think maybe we need to question what's going on in that in that highly touted ass uh, training room that they spent all of that Olympic money. And brought them folks in to, to, to mm-hmm. be in there and because we've we because they want sports science. The last two seasons, we've had the worst injury situation in football. Over sixty percent of the roster obviously cannot win that way. And when you and when you're talking about this roster in particular, and you're going back and saying that this roster had injuries to key players, that means that we weren't playing with anyone because this roster had squats. And now what it is that we have is, you know, we've got some young talent that we expect is really going to be able to show out, not to mention the fact that we've been able to increase some of the depth. Some of the depth guys that were going into the season were starters last year. Imagine what that does to their confidence. Imagine what that does to their growth and development. That also helps the guys that are going to be starting because now your backup is, is, is legitimately a guy who has reps and has played well in certain spots. I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. I, th- I just think we're going to be good. I don't think it's drinking Kool-Aid. I think it's believing in the process, right? Like we heard the 76ers say it for years, trust in the process. process. You know, and, and the process mm-hmm. was the reason Joe Douglas got a six-year deal is because he had to spend two years with the destruction of the team before he could start to build the team, right? right? We got rid of all the dead cap money. We had to start to draft players who could be three, four, five years in to have guys going on second contracts before we really get good. One of the things that I've been saying is I want guys getting cut from this team in August that fans are upset about. Do you know why? Facts. It means that the water level of the team is getting better. When we're cutting guys and no other team is picking them up, our roster sucked. I want tough decisions for Joe Douglas. I want roster spots that are going down to the last day where they don't know who it is because the talent on this team is getting so much better than it's been in the years past. The better the roster, better the team. 
when you know 40 of the 53 guys, because you know those last 13 guys are not NFL caliber players, uh, your roster is going to be garbage. For the record, we're 55 minutes in, and I have not been the one to curse yet. Usually I'm the first one to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, I have been, been... <laughs> I have been sitting on this all day. And the thing is, sure. is that just I'm, one I'm, day, we know you. Just one day, this has been a few years brewing. Dude, brother. I mean, this isn't it's, this it's, isn't what today, today, after today's dark. game day. He wakes he wakes up and slaps himself. Today's day, today's game day. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> so, I do. <laughs> if this was after dark, you would have like the NWA logo for explicit lyrics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. We we exactly. we'd, already, we'd already be lit up. All right, but yep. but 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 realistically though, right? I mean, you're sitting on this because it, it, it it's a polarizing kind of a kind of a conversation. Like we we do have talent now. We didn't before. A lot of things have changed. A lot of the way that we look at a, a lot of how things are now, we got to look at it different. I know. I know. It's. I look. It, it's crazy, stupid, ridiculously hard to ask for patience from a fan base that has been this bad for as long as we have. This, I think, is the time when we need it the most. Right now. All right. So, Kevin, it's time for your segment over here for In the Spotlight. So, tell yeah. me, who is it that we have in the Weapons Hot Spot, White Hot Spotlight tonight, my friend? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for coming to the show. Um, in the Spotlight tonight, I, I maybe this one uh, isn't, isn't, you know, kind of uh, difficult to see, right? Jeff Obrecht. Is in the spotlight tonight, guys. Um, a lot of conversation about Zach, a lot of conversation about offensive and weapons and who it is that we got and how prolific we can be and how good the tight ends and all of that are going to be. But uh, most of the time you win championships, you've got an awesome defense. And uh, if y'all remember that stretch of games last season, first, what, four or five games of the season where we looked like we had a top 10 defense and we were really looking kind of ferocious and like, you know what, the possibility is we can – you know, we can be good if these guys continue to play at the level that they did, and then they fell the hell off, right? A lot of people calling for Jeff Ulbricht's head. Why is it that we have this Kyle type of Fisher. talent and you can't make this happen? Well, I mean, yeah, something else. But the reality is, is that Jeff Ulbricht is in the spotlight because now we're going to actually see if what it is that he's been putting together actually works. We're going to get Carl Lawson back. Carl Lawson looking like the best player on the Jets last season and then immediately killing, uh, you know, all of our vibe at, when, he, when he hurts his Achilles. Tough spot for him. Um, I think that goes to show, again, part of why it is that the locker room is as strong as it is now because we do have guys like that. But on field, Jeff Ulbrich is the guy, man. And Jeff Ulbrich, I mean, he's a player. I think I think he's had more sacks than some of the guys that are on our defensive line in his career right now. And uh, the the guy has a history. Defensive coordinator in Atlanta, they had a pretty decent kind of run there. At least that you know enough for him to get some buzz as a decent coordinator, right? Um, Jeff Ulbrich and what it is that he does with this system this season is really probably going to have a much bigger impact on the outcome of our season than how good Zach Wilson is going to be. And I'm just going to keep that real. If he's going to be able to get game plans enough together to keep that ridiculous stretch at the beginning of the season with those fourth uh, AFC North games back to back. If he games plan, if he game plans well through those games and we come out looking like a much improved defense, playing like a much improved defense, building that confidence and that swagger with some of these young kids that are going to be playing on a, what we expect to be a, a, a pretty highly ranked 
defense, I don't think any of the conversation that we'll have really towards the end of the season will be talking about Zach is horrible. Zach has been able to win games because he's only got to score 10 points. Jeff Holbrook's in the spotlight tonight, guys. What do you think? Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. Here's so Nick, I'm going to tee this up for you. Jeff Ulrich or whoever else is the D coordinator didn't matter because Robert Salah wants to run his system. And I think anyone who looked at the team the last year knows we did not have the talent on the front line to run the system that they want to run. So at the end of the year, when people call in for Jeff Ulrich, I'm like, there's no reason to call for Jeff Ulrich. The next guy we would bring in is running the same exact system. The talent level was not good enough to run it. The pass rush was not good enough to run it, right? right. We weren't right. we weren't hiring Rex Ryan out of ESPN to come in and run this system. It's going to be this system. I, I, it is going to be this system. I think the problem is, is that he wasn't good enough at making adjustments to be able to have it be effective. Coaching does matter. I'm a coach. Coaches know their weaknesses more than other people do. We did not have starting caliber safeties. We did not, obviously, you see with bringing in Gardner and bringing in Reed, the Jets didn't mm -hmm. think that we had enough quality starters at cornerback. Bringing in the edge rusher, bringing in Solomon Thomas, bringing in Martin, bringing in all these guys. We did not have enough yeah, talent to get after the quarterback. So when you look at three of the levels on the defense that the team addressed and said, this is not good enough, I think that you can look at Ulbrich and say, it wasn't Ulbrich's fault. He was not dealt a good hand to play with, right? I want to give some concessions in that. Obviously, if you have no talent, you can't win. But if if I'm just going to keep it real, at this level, the talent isn't really much different, right? We we hear we even heard Robert Salas say that a few oh, different times when he's talking about you know influx of talent and what it is that we had here. So I can't say that I really 100% would say that talent didn't impact where it is that we were. I still think that you coach those guys up and put them in positions to be successful, and he didn't do that enough. We didn't game plan well enough against teams where we kind of should have, especially when we look at games like the Atlanta game where we really didn't do much of anything to stop them. We knew exactly what it is that they were going to do. That's on coaching, right? Because when you come in and you have talent, when you, you have the expectation, we were expecting to win that game. Sometimes you, you got to tip your hat to the yeah. other team. I think us and Atlanta were that's, on par. That's, that's coaching. That's coaching. The, the game plan was horrible. The game plan did not address what it is that they did at all. None. Zip, zip, zero. We knew what they were going to do. And we didn't even attempt to stop it. That's on the coaches. That's on Obrick. Yes, it might be solid system. Obrick's the one that puts it together, right? Obrick's the one that runs right. it. He's the one that coordinates it. That's his job. He didn't do a good job last season. I and look, I'm not going to say it's all his fault. He's responsible. Play calling. I think oh, yeah. you'll, you'll see more improved game plans. When you have guys like Gardner and Reed on the outside now, maybe you can send that extra guy. You don't have to drop seven into coverage with four that can't get there. Now that you have four that can get there, that changes everything. If you lose one of those guys, what do guys. you do? I think when you got Lawson, Quinnen, JFM, Jermaine, Martin, Huff, now you got multiple players that can get there. Last year, losing Lawson, Lawson was supposed to be the first piece that changed the D-line. Losing Lawson allowed Quinnen to get doubled and eliminated a lot. Now that you got Jermaine and Lawson coming off the outside, JFM and Quinnen coming up the middle are going to be dangerous. So it, it's a domino effect of greatness instead of the domino effect of awfulness, which the Jets fans have seen. We haven't had a very talented roster. We haven't had a lot of depth. We've been having some of our main players get injured, some of them like Carl Lawson, before the season even starts. So right. we don't even know what we could have been. So I think that now that the talent level has rise, 
you'll see the game plan rise. You know, because you can't take chances when you don't have the depth, the talent, and the ability to do everything you want to do. And I think Holbrook kind of went into his rookie season handcuffed. Losing Lawson before game one hurt him. You know, losing uh, Sherwood and Azeldine before the end of uh, September hurt him. So I think what you're going to see this year is an evolution of the Jets defense. You're going to see them go not up one level, just like with Zach. We're not going up one level. We're going up two, three, four, or five levels this year. So respectfully, as, as much as you and I agree on a lot of things, I, I disagree with this take on over. Because it's not like he got handed so? the 85 Bears and they turned into the 2000. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely couldn't say that. I, I just think that when you're talking about being at a level of a defensive coordinator in this league, you should still be able to game plan around what it is that you have to create a better situation for your team. And he just he didn't do enough of that for me to look at him and say, I would expect him to do well with talent. Right. That makes it easy. It's almost like, you know, how you can win on the first round pick because the first round pick. I mean, you you figure those guys are supposed to be good when you start winning with those third and fourth and fifth round picks. That's when you determine who's got the better coaching staff, who's got the better formula. Jeff Ulbrich. Yeah, I mean, we would love to have, you know, first-round draft picks all over the place. We'd love to have, you know, veteran guys who've been proven in the league. We'd love to have all of that. When we don't, can we expect that this guy is going to be able to pull his, pull his, you know, his draws up and be like, yo, let's go. We got this. What, what, what we're going to do is we're going to take the guys that we have and we're going to do what it is that they do to game plan enough to at least be a bump in the road. These guys weren't even a bump in the road. They were just getting steamrolled. No. Some um, of the guys we had out there was 40, 40, 45. 40, 45 points a, a game, you know, four thousands of yards are, are given up in, in defense. Yeah, no. Um, that yeah, that, that speaks very, very much to focus. It, it Basically, also doesn't help when you're last year, coaching defense wise, on the field for 80% of the time yeah, either. There was, yeah. yeah. That's, complimentary that's football, right? The, 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 right. Like CJ just yeah, said, complimentary the rotation football. Of, if we're controlling the ball on offense, rotation on defense is a lot of crazy. And we're converting yeah. on third downs, and we're putting 12, 15, or more play drives together. It helps your defense. We had a game last year where we had four three and outs in the first half. That was our four possessions. Your defense is arrested. Right. Your defense is a liability at that point. And when you when you look at what's the most infamous play in the Jets' defense the last couple of years, it was the Greg Williams let's blitz against Oakland, and we lost on the final play of the game. Right. Yeah, Ulbrich was trying to do the opposite. Ulbrich was not taking chances to kind of protect the back end, while Greg Williams said, let's screw up this season and let's go all out of this. So when, when you're looking at the strategy of it, I think that the talent level is going to be so much better than what we've seen the last several years, and it's going to be complementary football on the defense. The front is going to help the back end. The back end is going to help the front end. It's going to be a, a, a team that we haven't seen in a very long time. You know, it's it's going to be something that, that to plug it, not intentional, something that we can be proud of because we're going to be able to get to the quarterback with four. We're going to be able to cover on the back end if the front doesn't get there to give them more time to get to the quarterback. It's going to be, I got your back, you got mine type of football. And we have not seen that in a very, very long time. If he's as good as he was in the beginning of the season last season, we'll be in good shape. Over it. The, the, the entire defensive staff, if they are as good as they were at the beginning of last season, we're going to be in good shape. Point blank period, the end. 
yeah. didn't have all of them players, and we and we still were showing up in those games. You can go back and you can check the stats. I mean, I was in Carolina. I saw it. I mean, yeah, we had a couple of hiccups here and there. But the reality is, is that we played well enough to be able to win that game. If we were better offensively, we pulled it out. I think the defense kept us enough in that game to be able to do it. I think I saw some of that enough to say we really have an opportunity to be good if these guys can come back and play up to what their potential is. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you're right. We may not agree on this. I just think that the coaching is definitely going to matter. If the coaches aren't good this season, I'm not sure if these guys are going to be able to get to exactly where it is that we need for them to be if they're going to be a perennial playoff team. That's just kind of where it is that we stand. And I don't think you fire Ulbrich because of the fact that the talent was so bad, the injuries were too much. Now that the talent level's up, I think we all agree Sauce Gardner is going to be an elite corner in this league sooner rather than later. Reed is a good mm-hmm. number two. Whitehead's a good safety. The pass rush is now formidable. If this year it's catastrophic, then you make the move because you know the talent level has risen. If the coach can't rise with the level, the talent level of the team, you bounce his butt. Right right. That's a problem. Yeah. So, and the I think last year, I think, I don't want to say he's on the hot seat, but it's put up or shut up time with the way the talent level is on the yeah. defense. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there are so there are a couple people in here talking about why is it that we didn't fire Jeff Ulbrich and go at, go after Brian Flores. So now I think Flores it's still, doesn't run the system, right? Exactly. And Salah's not changing the system. Like I said, he's not going to ESPN and bringing a Rex and say, "Hey, Rex, run your system on my team." He's saying, right. "This is my system. We're running it." So you don't fire the coach to bring in the same guy to do. You know, you're not going to take that bullet to not change. You're going to stick with your system. Yeah. So I wanted to be the head coach. He said he's he's not calling the defense. So he's going to give the coach probably two years. Now that the talent level is better, now you put all your cards on the table with Ulrich and say, this is your year, man. You got the talent. You got the pass rush. You got the guys on the back end. Well, the one thing that think... they still need, the interior defensive line, um, what still worries me is the, the ability – um, shout out to Nico Bauer. He actually put this in the chat. Uh, you are all about pass rush. Our defense got 2,351 uh, rushing yards and 28 rushing touchdowns last year. So What did we go against O.J. Simpson every game? Yes, we, everybody we, looked like O.J. Simpson. That's right. It didn't matter. I mean, we our defense, as well as they played at the beginning of the season, we ended up shut, shooting our load. And again, like I kept telling everybody, you're not going to win football games when your defense spends 60 to 70 to 80% of the time on the field. Case in point, the Atlanta Falcons game. Do you realize the Jets only had 10 offensive snaps in the first half? Out of 30 minutes of football, that is completely and utterly unacceptable. And we started to see similar trends as the year went on. And the defense was just too tired and too gassed to stop anybody. The onus is going to be on Jeff Ulbricht, where he's going to need to make sure that this defense is ready to play. Players are going to need to have to show up to play. And if you have the horses to do the job and you still don't get the job done, it's either the horses or it's you. Yeah. So last yeah. year, we gave Jeff Albrecht the benefit of the doubt because we looked at it. We looked at the overall team and said that he didn't have the horses to run this offense, which there was a lot of evidence to back that up. Well, now guess what? You got the horses. 
You got the horses and then some. You got backup to the horses. You got backup to the horses to the horses. Okay, you not only got that, you got five carts in back of them. All right, animals also. So if you can't figure out a way, limit your opponent to under 20 points a game and find a way to get a team out when it's third and 17 and they shouldn't be converting a friggin' first down, then yeah, then questions have to be asked. Because it's either them, it's either the horses, or it's you. Jeff Ulbrich was the perfect yeah. person this to may... put in the in, in, in this spotlight tonight, Kevin. Bravo. If we really look bad this season, I mean, if we're picking top five, there's going to be some questions about getting rid of guys. I'm just not sure if Woody is actually in a place right now to pull the trigger so quickly. I think these guys get an opportunity. I, think it's I don't Woody. think it's a two or three. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a two or three year out. I don't even know. If, look, it, it, it really would have to melt down if Joe Douglas was to step in and, and feel like he needs to remove guys. I'm just I, 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 I think that with 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 and that's kind of where it is that I'm at. I think Joe is going to say, look, we're trying to build something here. We're going to be a little more patient when it comes to this. I don't think it's going to be a two year and, and you're out three year and you're out thing. I think, you know, it's going to have to get to the end of his contract. If you're not playing well by the end of that six years. I think that's a wrap, but I I don't think it's oh, just going to be a quick, long. you know. If, if if they look if they look and they yank them, I don't I don't think that it would be. But I also don't think that we'll play poorly enough for that. If we do, then obviously we'll we'll, we'll have to see who, where it comes from. But I don't know. I, I I still think you know even if it's close, I think he's going to err on the side of you know let's be patient before he he starts to yank guys too quickly. Let me throw this out there. We've all seen the beginning of our schedule, and some fans are talking 0-8, 0-9, right? Scott, can you speak? Oh, sure. That's, the, that's usually the number one guy, right? That's, 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 his, um, that's his MO. When you're <laughs> – there's a difference between 0-8 and a minus 160-point differential, and there's a difference from 2-6 and six and a minus 26-point differential, right? Like, I don't want to get – the main thing, if we're losing games, I want to be in the game with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. That, to me, shows extreme growth. Now, the record might have not changed, but from us losing games by 30 or 40 to losing games by 6, 3, 9, that's a huge difference for the Jets this year, right? We've been getting blown out. Now, what helps Ulbrich? A good offense. Right. Ball control. Uh, continuing drives. Time of possession. Mm-hmm. Offense Grind being on the block. field for 36 all instead of defense of being on the field for 36. All of that. You know what I mean? All if we that. go into halftime and our defense has only played 12 plays in the first half, that's a huge difference in this team. Now, it might not mean we're 15-2. and two, but we're getting there. You know, you, you don't just all of a sudden go like this. You don't go from the worst team in the NFL to the, the best team in the NFL overnight. But you know what? If we can go from here to competitive, losing games, field goal at the end, winning a game that we shouldn't win on a field goal at the end, that's a much better look for the organization, right? Optics. We always talk about optics, right? I don't want to lose 55 to 14 to the Patriots. But if we go out and we play them at home and we beat them 19 to 16, and then we go up there and then we lose a game 24-21 on the final kick of the game, 
I think that shows a lot of progress for this team in one year, right? Let's close the gap. Let's be more competitive. Let's lose games in the final three minutes of the game instead of the first three minutes of the second quarter. That, to me, shows tremendous progress this season. And this season, Mm -hmm. I think we all agree, is about progress. And and that's going to speak volumes. Because if you can close the gap and lose games on the final possession of the game instead of the second drive of the second quarter, we're getting there. And as much as we want to say we want to get to the mountaintop as fast as possible, very, very rare for that to happen. What the Bengals did last Listen, year is extremely respectable for both. Rare. That's extremely rare what the Bengals did last year. We cannot right. expect also, the Jets to do that. Also, remember something. The Bengals, too, all right, just a couple of years ago, they ended up finishing 1-15 in 15 or 2-14 and 14 or, yeah. or something like that. And their average, their average loss – differential was like seven and a half points. So they were in just about every yeah. single game. Yeah. Okay, so it's not yeah. as if you're talking about a team that was giving up 40 points a game and they were getting their, their doors blown off. That's a tough division too. Was a, was a tough team in a, in a tough division in which they, they failed to close out games. Yeah. They All lost right, a lot now, of those games late they learned, third quarter, early fourth. You're right. right. They, learned, they, they learned how to close out those games. All right. And once they learned how to close out those games, that's when the that's when the corner that's when they turned the corner, and now they're the Cincinnati Bengals that are just coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. Okay. Now, how many games? Say, how many games did we lose by less than seven points last year? By less uh, than seven points. How many games? It was like it was like four or five games, right? Six games, I think. Something something similar to that. Let me tell you this. Think about what that. In 2020, this is the year before when they had John Kittner still. And they they ended up with the number one pick that they took Burrow. They lost to the Chargers by three. They lost to the Browns 35-30. They tied with the Eagles 23 each. They lost to the Jets or they beat the Jaguars. They got blown out by the Ravens by 24. They lost to the Colts by four. They lost to the, the Browns 37-34. They beat the Titans. They got blown out by the Steelers. They lost by 11 to Washington. They lost by 2 to the Giants. They lost by 10 to the, the Dolphins. Cowboys blew them out. You know, they were bad, but they were in a lot of their losses. Like like you said, CJ, they were competitive. And, and I would say 75% of their losses, what I just looked at, <clears throat> they were there. And that's what got them Burrow. And now Burrow can definitely move the needle 10 points in a game, right? Right. So, And that's what we want. That, that's what we're hoping that Zach Wilson can do. And that's why, you know, why I go, why I rail on people when they talk about, oh, you, you know, compare him to Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, insert whatever name quarterback you want. I don't need Zach Wilson to be any of those guys. I need Zach Wilson to be the best Zach Wilson that he could be. And I think that if Zach Wilson can play up to the potential, then the Jets will finally have themselves a franchise quarterback that they can believe in because he's gone out there and proved it. Not like Sam Darnold. They'll actually have a guy that's gone out there and busted his ass and proved it. But he's got to take the bull by the horns. And he's got to go out there and he's got to prove it. So, all right, guys, we're coming up against it. So really quick, uh, Nick, can you give out all your social media information 
so fans of Weapons Hot can yes. follow you, interact with you, and also tell them about the proud New York Jets fan podcast on I will. Absolutely. I wanted to tell Kev real quick. Quality content. We lost Quality content. The Jets lost five games last year by seven points or less. So eight of our losses were by eight points or more. So there was a lot of games we weren't competitive. So, yeah, they were. Um, and, and, and look, I, I'm, the, the debacle games, like the 45-point games and the other crazy artist games, I think those things are out of character for who it is that we are. I think that we're, to your point, we're just going to be in more games. And we actually were not necessarily as far out of some of those other games that we played, even though we watched the, the, the defense meltdowns. Oh, really? The other team down seven and we go up seven? Right there. That's, we that's We're more competitive that's teams. Nice. It's right. that's, just that's with that nice. alone. And, we got to be better on and, and how many how many right how many yeah. of those games right we're talking about we're talking right. about a large difference yeah man Good, great point thank you we got to move the wind needle we got to get better on defense better on offense better with coaching better with decision making and i think you're going to see a team that that moves the wind needle up to eight or nine this year yeah. but like cj said uh proud new york jets fans uh you could search that out on youtube you could search that out on facebook you can join either one of those and uh, I would appreciate it. Uh, CJ follows us, Kev. You're, I got to get you. I'm coming. I'm coming. Send me, send me the link. Yeah, we do tonight. Yeah, no, I want to have you on. You know, I love talking football with you guys. You guys are good people to talk to. You're logical. Uh, as as crazy as CJ gets, I still call him logical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can check me out on there uh, for all sports talk. Uh, IOW Sports Network on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we, we do a show on Monday and Thursday from four to six. Uh, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's funny. We'll spark your interest with uh, sports talk as well. So yeah, thank you for having me guys. You you guys know that I love coming on and talking with you guys. You're two of my favorite people. That's what's up, well, thank we you, appreciate, you, appreciate you joining us tonight, Nikki. Yeah. Anytime, man. I love it. All right. So now, all right. Uh, this is yeah. where we wrap things um, up over here. So Kevin, you, you want to make a final point? Hell of a time to be a Jets fan. Real talk. I'm not saying it's Kool-Aid or nothing like that, but uh, I just I, I, I just have a really good vibe about the, sea, about the season. That's basically where I'm at right now. Thank you. Thank you to all of the guys that hung with us tonight. We appreciate y'all, man. We love you guys. All right. Well, you guys can follow the show on Twitter at Weapons Hot Show. CNC Jets Factor is no longer available. It is defunct. It actually went belly up as of, Mar- uh, as of April 1st. So to follow us on Twitter, it's at Weapons Hot Show. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime, Mr. Kevin Jackson, at Spotty Blackman, the man on the other side of the glass. Uh, Mr. Nicholas Shine, he already gave you all his social media information. There are plenty of places where you can find Weapons Hot. Facebook, we got a page. Hit the like button. Message us a message right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think the show is great and you love what we do, that's awesome. Leave us a message. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. If you think we suck and we know absolutely nothing about football, that's fine too. We'll, we'll troll with you back and forth because we love talking with fans about the New York Jets and the NFL. Also, catch us on our home base, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If you haven't already liked and subscribed to the Facebook page, go ahead and do so. If you haven't already downloaded the app, go ahead and do so. Uh, if you have an Android, it's available on Google Play. If you have an Apple, go to the iOS store and search up WWSRN. Weapons Hot also has a YouTube channel, the home of the Weapons Hot After Dark show. We will be getting one of those on soon. I know I keep saying this every week, 
We will get one of those on soon, I promise. And Uncensored. Say when, bro. I'm there. <laughs> so, and also Weapons Hot After Dark will actually be no more. We're actually going to be changing the name to Weapons Hot Uncensored because that's exactly what Ooh. it should be. And, of course, you can always join yours truly every Tuesday night as I host Weapons Hot Mission Briefs on Jets World. Shout out to Daniel Smith, Garen Brower Jr., uh, Kevin Robbins and the crew over there at Live Rounds. Tremendous guys, a tremendous page, plenty of Jets content up there. Go and check it out. So, for Mr. Nicholas Shine from the IOW Sports Radio Network, and of course, Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets really quick. Before we go, next week, no weapons hot, no weapons hot mission briefs. We are going on vacation. I'm going out of town. Kevin needs a rest. Nick's probably going to do some stuff on his channel, so I invite everybody to go check that out. We will be back the following week. Okay, so I will post on social media so that way nobody forgets. So once we get back, we'll have a grand old time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kevin, let's link that week. Let's link next week. I'll, I'll get you on with me. That way you're not sitting home, not doing anything for the whole week. Let's do it. Sounds Let's good. do it. I work with you. All right, cool. So, All right. Good. Where are you so, going, brother? I am actually heading out of town. I'm going to Yellowstone National Park. Nice. Ooh, you and wife watched the show on Peacock that, right? and you got the fever? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. believe it or not. It are you coming back day. alive? I know a lot of people are dying on that show. Are you guys coming right, back? Right. Okay. You bet yeah. your ass I'm coming back it's alive. It's a good like, show. I'm bringing a couple people with me. You do the killing. You don't get killed. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome, we'll see man. you guys. We'll see you guys. Have a good trip. Have a good time, brother. All right. I'll see this you, has been... Love you guys. Y'all be good. All Peace. right. This has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Peace, Peace love. Go Jets. Amen. Go Jets. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.